Hey everybody, it's Mark. Welcome or welcome back to the New Spring Church podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our free New Spring app where you can access all of our recent message content. Actually, the app is the easiest way to share all this content with a friend, and it's the easiest way to keep up with everything going on around here at New Spring. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, I'm so glad you're joining us for online communion tonight. Mary Alice is with me. And of course, because of our current situation, we don't have a group of people with us as we've had the last two years. You know, uh, it was, I think, two years ago that we had the idea for the first online communion. And in those days, it it was because we had so many Easter services already that we, we really weren't able to have another service. But of course, this year it's taken on a completely different meaning because of social distancing and not being able to gather in the worship centers. And as I think about it, it's almost as if God was preparing us two years ago, Mary Alice, for this moment when it would be so critical. And tonight, uh, it's just Mary Alice and I and you and family or friends who are together, or maybe you're even by yourself this evening. But the good news is, wherever you are, the Lord Jesus is with you, just like he was with the disciples that first night when he led them in the first communion. Jesus is with us. And the beauty of Jesus is he can be wherever we are. Marianne, you know, I love history. And of course, I'm a big fan of Abraham Lincoln. And one of my favorite Lincoln quotes was right after his election, he realized that he might never see his townsfolk again from Springfield, Illinois, and it turned out that that was the case, that he would never be back there again until his burial. But as he stood on the train to wave goodbye, he said, I commend you to the one who can both go with me and stay with you. And that's the beauty of Jesus, that wherever you are, whether you're at home, or if you have maybe a couple of family members, three or four family members together, or if you're by yourself, or maybe even if you're in your car right now, is that Jesus is with us. And his love for us is as real as it's ever been. And really, I think in this season, I think we feel it even more. For those of us who grew up in church, it's real easy to see communion as a ritual of the church. But what I want us to see as we read this scripture is that it wasn't a ritual. It was... Well, to put it maybe in in the words of Jesus, it was about a remembrance. And there was a historical significance to it. And of course, there was a significance to the Lord's Supper that reflected a change that was coming about because of Jesus' death and resurrection. So with that in mind, let's read the scripture. The Bible says, Now the festival of unleavened bread arrived when the Passover lamb is sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, Go and prepare the Passover meal so that we can eat it together. And they asked him, where do you want us to prepare it? He replied, as soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. At the house he enters, say to the owner, the teacher asks, where is the great room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up, and that is where you should prepare your meal. They went off to the city and found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared 
the Passover meal there. Well, if you watch what happens in this Holy Week, you will notice that it's the week where the Jewish people celebrate Passover. And of course, we celebrate the crucifixion of our Lord on Good Friday and of course, Easter, because he arose from the grave on Sunday. But Jesus and his disciples were going into the room to eat the Passover. And, you know, the Passover goes back to that night when the Israelites left Egypt. And God had sent a number of plagues to get Pharaoh's attention. And finally, God sent the 10th plague, which was the death of the firstborn son. And God had instructed the Israelites that if they apply blood to the doorpost of their house, the blood of the lamb, and of course there was a meal that went with that, that was the Passover meal. And Mary Alice, you and I have been talking, I know you've been reading some about this very unusual year with the coronavirus, and it's actually having an impact on the Jewish people in Israel and around the world as they celebrate Passover. That's right, I was reading that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu declared some days ago that as the Passover began, which began for them last night, that they would have to observe the Seder meal in their home with just the family that's there. They couldn't even send for maybe students who are up in the northern part of Israel. When we were in Israel, we visited that area, a lot of colleges up there, but or wherever they were, they, they are to just stay in their home and celebrate the Passover with just who's there. I was just thinking, Mark, you know, as people are celebrating the Passover now, Maybe most of our people are probably home with their family, but maybe it's a group of doctors and nurses or in a hospital, wherever they are, whoever they're with. It's unusual. It is an unusual year. And of course, I don't know what the future holds, but you and I have talked a lot about prophecy through the years. And we're not predicting anything we're, because we, don't, we honestly don't know. But I think anyone who looks at the times that we're living in and looks at what the Bible has to say would at least say this is unusual and, and maybe it has prophetic significance. It very well could. But I, I was thinking as you were talking, you know, the way the Jewish people are eating Passover sounds very much like that very first Passover when they gathered in their homes in Egypt and God had instructed them that they were to eat that meal and there were instructions about how that meal was to be eaten. And then the blood was to be applied to the doorpost, the blood of the lamb. And then God said, when the death angel comes, if the blood is applied to the door, that the firstborn would be spared in that home. And for now, thousands of years, the Jewish people have celebrated Passover. So on this night, it's so important for us that we understand that Jesus and his disciples met there to share the Passover meal. Well, let's pick it up at that point. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I've been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And then he said, take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. And then the change. Because you understand that what's about to happen is a shift. See, up till now, the Jewish people have celebrated Passover with the blood of an animal applied to the doorpost. But Jesus is about to come and change the whole paradigm. 
because the blood of those lambs sacrificed for centuries, according to the book of Hebrews chapter 10, could never take away sin. I know, I know this is going to sound kind of cliche, but just hang with me for a second. By obeying God with the Passover and commemorating it, it was as if the people were saying, we have faith that someday God will send his Messiah and the Messiah will be the one who will completely get rid of sin. And remember, it was a lamb sacrificed and the blood applied to the doorpost. Well, what did John the Baptist say right before the baptism of Jesus when he saw Jesus coming? He said, behold, the lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. It was as if all those sacrifices, and again, I know this could sound cliche, but just stay with me. It's like those sacrifices put our sins on a credit card. I mean, it was as if those sins were rolled forward into a bigger and bigger and bigger pile. And when John saw Jesus coming, he said, there's the Lamb of God who will take away our sins. And so Jesus now begins to show them the pattern of what we call communion or the Lord's Supper because now we don't need to apply the blood of a lamb to the doorpost because the Lamb of God has come. So reading in verse 19 of Luke 22, he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. See, not a ritual, but a remembrance. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup of the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. And so tonight, as we gather wherever we are in our homes or wherever you happen to be tonight, as Mary Allen said, some of you may be medical personnel there on the front line saving lives. You may be somewhere in the hospital. Wherever this finds us tonight, we have the opportunity to celebrate what Jesus started that first night with his disciples after Passover as he said to them, this is going to be a whole new paradigm and that's what we're about to celebrate tonight. Well, the time has come now for us to have the elements for the Lord's Supper. So if you have them close by, you might want to begin preparing however you're going to serve and receive communion this evening. I have bread here and the grape juice. And these are the symbols that Jesus gave us on that first night when the Lord's Supper was held. And both of these have great symbolism. The bread, as you just heard a few moments ago from Jesus' words, the bread symbolizes the body of Jesus, which was broken for us. Remember this, that Jesus was not a man who became God, but he was God who became human. And he's existed from eternity past. In fact, the book of John chapter 1 tells us nothing was made that he didn't make. So he was engaged in creation. And of course, as I said, goes back to the very, well, there, there is no beginning of God. So when he came into the world, he came in with a body. That's why he had to be born of a human mother. And then after living that life, for 33 years that you and I couldn't live because he was perfect all that time, he laid that body on a cross 
We'll celebrate this tomorrow on Good Friday. He laid that body on a cross and that body was sacrificed for you and me. And then, of course, the Bible tells us that his blood was shed. Scripture tells us in the book of Leviticus that without the shedding of blood, it is impossible to take away sin. But as we've already seen, it couldn't be the blood of an animal or it couldn't have been the blood of any other human because we're all sinners, all of us who are human. So Jesus came in both human and God at the same time, having lived a perfect life, and then he shed his blood. Scripture says the life is in the blood. And then his blood became a payment for our sins that God received. And so today we celebrate by receiving symbols into our body of his body, the bread, and the juice, his blood. Now these don't become the actual body and the blood of Jesus, but they are symbolic. And what we are saying is by receiving communion, as I receive these elements into my body, I remember how that there was a moment when I received Jesus Christ to be my Savior, my Lord, and my solution to my greatest problem. And so that's what we're going to do. After all these years, it's still the bread and the juice. And uh, I have the privilege tonight of just serving Mary Alice. Uh, You know, uh, I'm accustomed to leading many communions where I've served hundreds and thousands of people. Uh, But tonight, it's just Mary Alice and me. And so uh, I'm thankful for this opportunity. And it's a very precious moment for me as I get to serve Mary Alice. I think it would be really special right now for all of us to remember when that moment was that we invited Jesus Christ into our life. And I know for some, it may be a season of life that you don't remember all that well, but you know there was a moment where you prayed and invited Jesus Christ into your life. You know, Mary Alice, through the years, uh, we've heard people say to us, well, I've always been a Christian. And that's not possible, is it? Because the truth of the matter is we're all, we're all born lost and in our sin. And then there is that moment where we hear the good news that Jesus has died in our place and risen from the grave. And whether that moment comes in childhood or like the thief on the cross, we've learned that it could come in the very last minutes of life. But God has set the threshold very low so that anyone who puts faith and trust in Jesus Christ in the crucified Lord and the risen Savior, anyone who will embrace that message can have everlasting life. And so tonight I'm going to ask you wherever you are to take the bread and the juice and remembering the body of Jesus, would you eat? And would you drink? Well, thank you tonight for joining us for online communion. Mary Alice and I are praying health and strength and safety for you and your family and for our nation and the world tonight. And isn't it wonderful that even in the midst of the difficulty and the pain of our hour, that we can still look up and see God, which leads me once again to Noah's window. You know, on on this journey that we're on, 
we've been talking about how that God left a window at the top of the ark so that Noah could keep his focus on God and remember that God was watching him. And of course, our Noah's window for today has been online communion. Noah's window for tomorrow will be a Good Friday service. So just to let you know, there will be a lunchtime live Noah's window tomorrow at noon. And then at seven o'clock tomorrow night, we'll be sharing together our Good Friday service. So I hope that you'll be part of both of these experiences tomorrow. And then of course, we're looking forward to Easter coming up. And even though we're not gonna be able to meet on campus, the word of God is gonna go forward on the internet. And then we continue to see the television outreach of our church grow for Easter weekend. And it's a very exciting thing and very much a God thing. And so you're gonna get all kinds of information about ways in which you can watch the New Spring Easter service on television. It's also a great opportunity to invite others. Who knows where we are in history? Or maybe I should say, who knows where we are in prophecy? We could be at the very moment where Jesus comes back. And of course, that's true every day, but we sense that these are very different times. And we want to make the most of every opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So one more time, thank you for joining Mary Alice and me. And God willing, we'll see you tomorrow. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in Wichita, the surrounding area, we'd love for you to engage with us in one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our incredible kids and student environments, visit us at newspring.org. One more time, newspring.org.